Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 28, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXV. We will be reading and commenting on the first four paragraphs, which begin with, we of Alcoholics Anonymous and end with, appear to have recovered. Today's readers are Tamara C., Beth W., Amy G., and Carmela G. The share ID for yesterday, the share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 27, 2020, are 15,000. 53, that's 15053 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting and 15,054, that's 15054 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. It's Tamara C. in South Carolina, compulsive eater and restrictor. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Tamara C. I will now ask Beth W. to read the OA 12 tradition. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, compulsive overeater. Uh, The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in the month of July, and I will pass. Thank you, Beth W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXV. We will be reading and commenting on the first four paragraphs, which begin with, We of Alcoholics Anonymous, and end with, Appear to have recovered. I will now ask Amy G. to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. We of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the reader will be interested in the medical estimate 
of the plan of recovery described in this book. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the sufferings of our members and have witnessed our return to health. A well-known doctor, chief physician at a nationally prominent hospital specializing in alcoholic and drug addiction, gave Alcoholics Anonymous this letter. To whom it may concern, I have specialized in the treatment of alcoholism for many years. In late 1934, I attended a patient who, though he had been a competent businessman of good earning capacity, was an alcoholic of the type I had come to regard as hopeless. In the course of his third treatment, he acquired certain ideas concerning a possible means of recovery. As part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conceptions to other alcoholics impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. This man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. Well, I just get chills thinking about this, the beginning here of the history of Alcoholics Anonymous and um, just exciting to be at the beginning of the big book. I think what stands out for me today is, you know, here we are in 1934. I mean, in this case, those alcoholics regarded as hopeless, you know, they're locked up in an asylum and they're, you know, throw away the key. And here is a medical professional, a nationally prominent physician, as we we now know as Dr. Silkworth, affectionately named Silky, Dr. Silky, who was willing to write a letter because he had been at the forefront in the firing line of alcoholics coming in to his hospital and not being able to help them. And here he starts to see something that is working and is willing to, you know, stick his neck out and say, you know, there's something else here that goes beyond the medical profession, that goes beyond what we've been able to see and beyond what we've been able to help with the alcoholics. And uh, what I love about this is that, you know, at the end of the paragraph, he goes, these people have appeared to have recovered. You know, we talk about the disease of compulsive overeating as a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But yet through the process of these 12 steps, you know, the beginning which occurred here, these 12 steps have the power to change lives for people to recover. And I can say on the line today that I am recovered. No, I'm not cured, but I am recovered. Because today the food does not call to me. That is miraculous. I'm maintaining a healthy body weight. I'm refraining from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and doing so, as Harlan is known to say, contentedly, happily. It's a miraculous transformation. I had a spiritual malady. I have a spiritual answer, you know, to what is a disease of a mental obsession and a physical allergy. And so important for us to have a doctor. I mean, how wonderful that we had someone that was willing to say, beyond our medical knowledge, here we have something that works and back it up. And, and it's, just, it's just an incredible thing that at that time and at that day that he was willing to do that. And I'm so grateful. And the only thing that stands out for me today is that, you know, He commenced to present his conception to others, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. Again, reinforcing for us that we can't keep it if we don't give it away. There were no steps back then. All Bill could do was continue 
to admit his powerlessness and try to carry the message to the still suffering compulsive, uh, excuse me, still suffering alcoholic. And the same is true for us today. Uh, that's step 12. That's the heart of it and the basis of our fellowship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the first four paragraphs on page XXB in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Jackie B. Denise J. Christina J. Wait, wait one second. I heard Jackie B. And then who was after Jackie B? Denise J. Denise J. Christina J. Larry K. Denise Christina. Charles H. Melissa C. Okay. Tina S. That's who it was. Melissa C. Carmella. And then Charles H. Okay. Was it Tina S.? I don't know. I think maybe I heard that. And I remember hearing yes. Larry J. Uh, oh, Larry J. Yes, uh, Tina S. Was it Larry K or Larry J? Okay. Uh, <laughs> K, gotcha. Okay. Um, I I probably missed a number of people. Let me tell you who I heard. Jackie D, Denise J, Christina J, Melissa C, Charles H, Tina S, Carmela G, and Larry K. We lost you. Hello. Rebecca, we can't hear you. Would the first person go that was named? Jackie B, you were first. Jackie, would you go ahead and share? We're going to get Rebecca back on the line. Hi, Jackie B. from the Bronx. Yes. Thank you very much for your service. I will time myself now. Um, hi. I want to thank everybody for your service today. And um, I am so proud to be a member of this fellowship. I have, I have come to regard as, ho- as hopeless. I think for me, I finally got it. It took it took a, 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 lo- a lot of years in this program. I mean, I've had recovery back and forth for over 28 years, but my current abstinence is coming up on four years of being recovered. And, and it's a daily, daily reprieve today. And I know I'm hopeless because, no matter what, whether life had good things to come about or sad things to come about, fear, anxiety, frustration, whatever happened in life, I could not deal with it because what I dealt with it was with food. Food was successful up until the point that it no longer became successful. I could no longer eat and be able to cope with life. It was when I was willing to surrender 
truly surrender and say, listen, I'm a compulsive overeater. That's never, ever going to change. You could fancy me up. You can downgrade me. You can upgrade me. I'm still going to be a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. The difference is, is I work these steps every single day, and I share my experience, strength, and hope. It's when I tell another compulsive overeater that I've gone through death, happiness, love, uh, friendship, um, disaster, and still remain abstinent and able to tell you my story. I'm able to tell other compulsive overeaters that no matter what character defects come up today, I have a, a power greater than myself today to go to and say, please remove this from me. I have a, a group of people who share with me their experience to hope that I can then help other people and work with sponsees. Um, I am just amazed. Um, life is moving on, and I'm able to move on with it because I work these steps every single day. And I rely on the big book. I'm a girl that came into these rooms hating the big book because my father, the alcoholic, caused all this. No. we. I have a disease, and I know I have a disease. And I arrest it one day at a time, one meal at a time, by working these steps. And if you, no matter where you are today, stay here. Work it. Face it. You will recover one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. This is Rebecca F. I got knocked off the line, and it took me a while to get back in. And I'm glad to know you didn't all get knocked off. It was just me. Um, Denise J., you're next. And then Christina J. Okay, thank you. I'm Denise Shea, Compulsive Overeater. This is one of my first times ever sharing a vision for you. And, you know, I love what I just heard. You know, a seamless, uh, seemingly hopeless state. Um, you know, I just got back from a vacation, and I usually just stay in the condo. I've got all my food. Well, this time I was vacationing from a cooler. And although I had a lot of food, boy, there were some meals I went out to eat. And, you know, that whole thing that I've been taught by all of you that might have needed some push-ups, in the in the parking lot while I'm in a meeting, oh my gosh, I just found that to be true. It's just the mental obsession when I got to restaurants and eating out, you know, so frequently once a day for four days in a row, and one day was two days. And boy, you know, I, I just also love a reminder from, you know, that I'm not the one that keeps me abstinent, and so I do have a solution. Boy, I found the obsession come back, what do I do? I've got it. You guys have taught me what to do. I don't have to live this way. I can turn to my higher power. I can work my steps. I just absolutely love every every part of this book. There's so much hope. And thank you all for being here and teaching me how to stay abstinent one meal at a time. That's all I have. Thank you, Denise J. Christina J., and I'll just let you know who else I had on the list. Melissa C., Charles H., Tina S., Carmela G., and Larry K. Christina J., thanks. Go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, everyone. So far, some great shares. Um, Yeah, so the things I have written down in my margins are a a mass of words and sayings and 
at the beginning here. And when I first got this book, I was completely disinterested in this doctor's opinion. I mean, I went right to how it works and what do I need to do and all that kind of stuff like a lot of us have. And then when I found out it wasn't like the next great diet and, you know, talking about brain chemistry pills and things to help me get my brain chemistry right because I just knew it had to do with that, um, I just put the book on the shelf for I don't know how many years, 10 at least. <clears throat> but when, when I finally got to this, when, when I finally found vision and this big book began to be cracked open for me, um, some of the things that stuck out were the fact that I still wasn't interested in a medical opinion. I'd had many, many medical opinions. So this really didn't impress me. What impressed me was you guys, your stories. You became um, like this guy, like in this in the paragraph here, in the course of his third cre uh, treatment, he acquired certain ideas consider concerning a possible means of recovery. He presented his uh, conceptions to other alcoholics. That's what you did for me. Impressing them, they must do likewise will still others. Service, the fellowship, this is what impressed me the most, that I could feel and hear real recovery in this room right here. And this big book began to make sense. <clears throat> Backing up here, um, you had the convincing testimony. You were showing me the plan of recovery. Uh, and the word sufferings, been suffering for so long, and someone had written or said one day on the line, suffering is enduring without choice. That's step one. I'm powerless over this food. Once I start, I cannot stop. And I know some of, some of you know this. In fact, all of us know this. But the newcomers, you can't stop once you start if you have this disease. So um, I'm hopeless. I'm hopeless around the food and any of my substances. And hearing your experiences is what has really brought me to the fact that I have an allergy of the body, and this I'm quoting this from many, many of you, that will never change. It's a permanent disability. I have an obsession of the mind that left untreated will always torture me until I take that first bite. Standing there in front of the refrigerator completely obsessed and crazed with, this, with the cravings, unable to stop. I can't stop. Once I trigger that allergy, I'm off to the races. And as a chronic, well-rehearsed relapser, I know this so well. But today I'm in recovery, and I'm so grateful and love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Christina J. Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, yeah, so, like, right from the beginning when it says that the reader will be interested, um, you know, I'm interested because, and I was interested, um, because I could witness, you know, I could see and hear the evidence of people's recovery to health. And that's what, you know, that's what gets people interested. Um and, um, you know, when the letter says to whom it may concern, um, like I wrote next to that, Dear Melissa, because I'm who this letter concerns. You know, I, I try to read this letter like it's written to me personally. Um, you know, and and then when it talks about the competent businessman with good earning capacity still being regarded as hopeless, um, you know, I, I was um, – I thought I was different from from alcoholics because um I my mortgage was always paid. How could you say I'm hopeless? I you know, my kids' clothes were clean. Um you know, I mostly went to work each day. Um and I think that's something that's very um 
deceiving, especially about compulsive overeating because, you know, I never got a DWI for, for eating compulsively, but I certainly was hopeless. You know, I didn't have to have um, other evidence of, of hopelessness to know it. And, um, you know, but, and then I think the other part that's crucial here is that as part of my rehabilitation, I commence to present this conception to others, and I have to impress upon them that they're going to have to do the same thing. So, you know, um, oftentimes when we when we crack open this book, it's with someone who's um, seeking some help and assistance. And, um, you know, and for me, when I spend time with a newcomer or a potential sponsee, because that's sort of where we start, um, it's because it's part of my rehabilitation, whether the conversation goes on beyond that first time or not. Um, I always try to impress upon them right from the start that this working with others is not optional. It's not optional for me, and it won't be optional for them. And sponsoring is not reserved for the elite few. It's part of the rehabilitation. It's the 12th step, and we have a 12-step program, not an 11-step program. And so I tell people right from the start, so no one's confused. This is part of the deal. This is part of how I get well every day, um, and they'll likewise have to do the same. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Melissa C. Charles H. Thank you very much for your service, and I want to thank the rest of the moderators for, for filling in. Deadass, I'm really serious. Um, that was a good run-in, because we, we, we had some bad run-ins last week. And, you know, in my sick mind, I was like, I, you know, I wish somebody try to try to say out, outside issue when I share. I'm going to make them really regret it, and then I'll say a 10-step. I'm just – I had to say that, because, you know, I don't care. Anyway, so um, the first – the first paragraph in the doctor's opinion, it, and, and and a little bit of the second, it gives it gives credibility to a doctor. You know, it, the we I'm interested in a medical estimate of the plan of recovery described in this book, and um and the second the start of the letter is to whom it may concern. I have specialized in the treatment of alcoholism for many years, but I'm I'm not going to be like you know you know we 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 jack the doctor's opinion and say. Oh, this is the favorite part of my book. Just say you like the damn book, Charles. I love the damn book, Charles, right? So if I draw a line from hopeless to recovered, one, one of the old timers told me that. That's all I got to do. Draw a line from hopeless to recovered in the course of his third treatment, right? You know, they, they, some people say he was in the Charlestown's hospital four times. I don't know, but, you know, three or four times. He commenced to present his conception to other alcoholics as part of his rehabilitation because Ebby visited him with that book called Varieties of the Religious Experiences, tucked under his arm. I don't know which arm. Um, it don't matter. But he, but when he, Ebby carried a message to, to Bill, he impressed upon Bill while in the hospital. You got to do this to others. And this has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. This man and over 100 others have appeared to recover. And I feel so sorry for them because they didn't have a 10-step back in them days. You know, they did the confession. You know, I remember, Bob, I, I remember. Now, I don't remember, but I can recall in reading the literature, 
that Bob took the bull by the horn, but he didn't continue because he suffered with the mental obsession for his whole life. You don't believe me? Read the book. It's an open book test. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Charles H. Tina S. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great shares, and thanks for your service. You know, uh, I, too, got knocked off, and I thought, I guess that's just God's sign that you know, I ain't supposed to be talking today, but I'm back on, so here you have it. Uh, well, and, and I did what I did here, and, and the initial read and share was just, I was right on board, you know, and I and I, I loved all the shares. Like I you know, I, I always say that I keep shaking my head up and down when everybody's sharing and that's just the truth. And the first word is we. You know, it doesn't say me, it doesn't say I, it says we, you know, and I'm glad we do this one day at a time and uh and and I love that it talks that it starts to talk about the medical estimate, you know, the convincing testimony comes from the men who have seen our suffering and have witnessed our return to health. You know, so these are people that are being observers and, and have some degree on what they can state about the, the disease of alcoholism. And, and, and it was shared, you know, and when this was first written, it was not considered a, a disease. And so, therefore, Dr. Silkworth did not sign his name initially. And he is the well-known doctor of the prominently hospital in a prominent hospital, and, uh, you know, and, it, and then he talks about 1934 when he started attending these patients, not started, but when he started attending Bill, for sure, and then today, you know, through the evolution, you know, it's the same solution, you know, and, and I love that he also talks about that, you know, uh, the bottom line is that this was uh, Bill's third treatment, you know, and then finally, you know, finally he acquired certain ideas for a possible means of recovery, you know, and, and what that was was the transformation and a spiritual awakening, whether it was six steps or 12, you know, whatever it was, however we got there, you know, bottom line was it was a spiritual awakening, a transformation of who I am today, that I am no longer that same, same person, that I become someone different in, in the likeness and image of God, you know, and, and, and this, I think everybody said it and says, this has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship. And the basis is the reason is that one man shares with another, you know, the, the common bond and the common solution. And so therefore we have recovered. And I love that word also, because, you know, I used to not like that word. I thought, oh, who do these people think they are saying recovered? You know, well, how many times is that in the book? You know, so it just goes to show you what my preconceived ideas about of what I think I know. And, um, you know, it's just some great stuff, you know, and I am on board because when I first got, came into recovery, I, I, I loved it was shared. I went to Chapter 5, How It Works, and I skipped over the doctor's opinion, and so therefore I didn't stay sober or abstinent. And when I came back in, you know, I stuck it in the book from beginning to end, and, and I have a life today beyond the wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Carmela G. Carmela, we don't hear you. Oh, sorry. Carmella. I was unmuting and didn't hear you call me. Carmela G. from New York, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, the doctor's opinion is what brought me into program 
When someone said to me, you have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, they got my attention. And as I'm listening to everyone's shares here this morning, I'm thinking each of us, we all have one disease, but each of us are so unique in our own individual preferences. That's what makes us different, but yet we're all the same. And with that difference, words in the book and chapters in the book become our magnet. And this was my magnet. You see, I was staying away from program because I was not like, just like he said, a competent businessman of good earning capacity. I had a phenomenal career. I was a huge success. Plus, I was huge. That's the, they went together. And I was relying on accolades from the outside, everyone's accolades. Oh, Camilla, what a great job. Today, because of this program and because of getting in and realizing he speaks about the steps right here and recovery, the promise. The hope is right here. If I give up the I and become we with a group of other like-minded people and journey these steps, I will die with the old behaviors and be reborn a new Carmela through my higher power, and I have to be willing to do that. And this doctor's opinion is what introduced me to that. And I must carry the word, I must impress upon others that they must break down their old house, knock out those bricks, and become a new version of themselves through, not themselves, but through a power greater than themselves. And that's what this doctor's opinion has done for me seven years ago. And I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. Larry Kay, uh, you're next. But before you go, Larry, I just want to let people who got on the line late know what we're sharing about. We're sharing on the first four paragraphs of the doctor's opinion, we Alcoholics Anonymous through appear to have recovered on page XXV. Larry Kay, thank you, go right ahead. Oh, thanks Rebecca, thanks for your service. Larry Kay recovered this morning. You know, if I, if I don't understand the medical estimate of what I'm up against here with this disease, the remainder of the, of the instructions in our text aren't gonna make a whole lot of sense to me and I, that's, that's meaningful because if that's the case, if I don't start with a, a firm foundation of understanding of what I'm up against, uh, I'm, at best, I'll work the rest of it in a very lukewarm fashion, at best. So it's really worth noting for me that a man of science, Dr. Silkworth at this time, 
would refer to a spiritual remedy as one of extreme medical importance. Because let's remember that Dr. Silkworth had been working with gutter drunks for years when he wrote this portion of the doctor's opinion. And he had seen few, if any, you know, real means of recovery, right? That the, the best they could do is provide a place, a hospital where people can come and, and dry out. They give them some encouragement, perhaps some, you know, some strong, you know, encouragement to fight the urge to drink and they send them right out the front door eventually. And lots of these drunks ended up right back through that front door. And so I'm, I'm struck by the courage and humility of Dr. Silkworth's willingness to write this, you know, and eventually he, um, he did include his name. And it makes me think, because in my profession, I've seen lots of people, for example, with debilitating mental illness, you know, depression, anxiety. There's people on the line like me that, that, have, that have experienced these challenges. And then, in 2020, there's lots of ways to treat these things and relieve these symptoms. And I tie it to the paragraph because, you know, truth be told, many people with a chronic condition will experience only a temporary reprieve, right? And I often wonder, when I think about Dr. Silkworth, I often wonder if I was approached by a, a person who experienced a permanent solution by means of something outside of my synthetic knowledge, you know, something outside of the scientific realm as we, as we understand it. If, 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 if that were the case, if I'd have Dr. Silkworth's courage, if I'd have Dr. Silkworth's humility to support that and explore that as he did, that, that's why this guy was, was really incredible because he put himself on the line. He wrote, this is, we're going to get into the first of the two letters that he wrote where he, his second letter, he expanded more. And I don't know if I'd have the courage and humility. This guy had some guts. He really did. And it's the only reason, it, 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 to me it's important because it's the foundation of understanding what we're up against. And I need to know, otherwise I will not apply the rest of it. I won't. I won't have the clarity. I won't put the food down oh. entirely. Thanks so much, Rebecca. So I'm very grateful for Dr. Silkworth. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. If you haven't shared in this meeting in the past two days and would like to share on the first paragraph, the first four paragraphs on page XXV in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Reva P. Wait one second. Nobody else speak. Did I hear Reva P? Yes. Okay. And who was the other person at the same time? Joni C. Okay, there's two people. So nobody else talked but these two. Was one named Joni? Yes. Okay, Joni, and what's your last initial? C. Say it again. C is in cat. Okay, and who else was speaking at the same time as Joni? Shelly C.R. Shelly C.R. Okay, I got room for a couple more. Marjo. Marjo. Here you are. I am here. And, and who else? One more last gasper wanna share? Katie T. Say it once more. Oh Katie, Katie was it? Oh Katie. Mm. 
Katie, Katie T. T as in Paul? T as in Tom. T as in Tom. I got it right the first time. Okay, that's our lineup. Reva P, Joni C, Shelly C R, Marge O, and Katie T. Reva P, go right ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, it says um, there's that the medical estimate of the plan of recovery. It doesn't say plan of, ab- of sobriety. It doesn't say plan of abstinence. It says plan of recovery. So I looked up the word recovery, and it says a return to a state of health of mind, body, a state of strength. Um, And I knew by the time I got here that I was not healthy in body. Um, I knew that there was something um, with the food, food and weight. I knew that was um, an issue. I did not know that there was also um, a mental component to this disease. I really thought if I just get my food in order, I can do this program for a couple of months, get back out there, get on with my life. So knowing that it's a plan of recovery and not just a plan of food abstinence means I need to understand the the whole nature of my disease. Um, and this return to health, return, I don't know if there was ever a time in my life now that I can look back that I was so healthy in the state of my mind, um, or even in that case with the food. But the return to reminds me that underneath all of this, it's hard for me to put into words, but you know how there's like all the blocks, the food blocks me from my higher power, the defects block me. So underneath all of that, it's like the steps and in abstinence reveal how God created me, um, that the true nature with this whole transformation reveals this underlying true nature, um, which is a return to health of mind and body. Um, I don't know if I explained that right, but it's like I've heard it said, you know, like the gold underneath. It's like all this gook on top, and then I get to see what's underneath. And this business of um, that he had come after seeing like more than 50,000 alcoholics and he tried everything, his best thinking, Dr. Silkworth, and he couldn't help these people, but he sees them as um, hopeless, but then they've returned to this health. That reminds me um, of the seeming hopeless nature. And when I'm hopeless, when I get to that bottom, whether it's with the food or a defect, that is the beginning of um, step one where I can then do the work, and have that transformation happen to me um, as a result of working the steps. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Joni C. Hi, this is Joni C. from Minnesota. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I do hear you. I do hear you, Joni C., but I have to unmute to let you know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I... uh, Oh, thank you for your service. I really appreciate all that make the group possible. I thank you. Um, I knew um, when I first came to OA that I was hopeless. I didn't have to be convinced of that. Um, I had at my top weight, I probably weighed, 
I don't I don't know exactly, but at least 330 pounds. I'd had bypass surgery. I had tried every diet that I could think of. I had a hypnosis, and um, I came to OA for weight loss, and I found so much more. I found recovery and neutrality around food and joy and uh, the miracle of being free from food. Um, I'd never heard of obsession of the mind and allergy of the body before I came to vision. At the at the face-to-face meetings, we didn't use the big book. And I just found the step-by-step how to get well. It's like, wow. And... Um, Anyway, I'm just so grateful and grateful to be here. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Joni C. Shelly C.R. Good morning. This is Shelly C.R., also from Minnesota, Um, and just really grateful to be here. Thank you to everyone for your service for making this meeting happen. Um, I am so excited to be around for now the beginning of the book with uh, a vision for you and hearing all the different shares um, within this specifically you know prior to coming into OA I I am still and have been for many many years a part of a different 12-step program and I've read this book over and over again um, and it has never stood out to me the part of have recovered um, like that people can recover and what that even means and it's, you know, through listening, I think I joined the vision for you. I started listening about a year ago. And it has been really eye-opening. And as we study the book, um, how many times this is stated. Um, and I and I think I forgot to re- introduce myself. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And this part gives me so much hope that there is, you know, I came into this program just um, in a place of despair, in a place of just kind of giving up. Um, food had me, period. And this gives me the hope that I needed. Um, it talks about a possible means of recovery. And that part that I need to share what was shared with me, that part of me working with others is so key on an ongoing basis to continued recovery. As I've heard many people say, you know, I'm recovered for today and tomorrow I'll wake up an addict. But me being recovered for today and having that daily reprieve is about me doing the work. And that work includes working with others. That is key. Um, and I need to continue with my spiritual growth, be in connection with my higher power. But I need to pass this program on and, uh, I'm just very grateful to be here, and thank you, everyone. Have a lovely 24 hours of abstinence. Pass. Thank you, Shelly C.R. Marge O. Thank you, Rebecca, and sorry for being late this morning. This is Marge O. from Walpole, Massachusetts. Um, I just wanted to comment on this because I feel such excitement that we're starting at the beginning again. I had never gone through the whole forward. I have been through the book, but um, never paragraph by paragraph as we have done in this last year and a half. I I just feel very excited about it. 
And I just want to say that, you know, thank God for Dr. William Southworth, that he, Silkworth, that he felt that um, we were worth it, that we were worth sticking his neck out a little bit, and that he understood that we can't keep it unless we give it away. And for anybody that is sponsoring, you'll understand the statement. It's just the most rewarding part of this whole program is to carry this message and to be reading with somebody is, and sharing is just remarkable to me. It's exciting. It never, it never gets old. It never gets old. So I am just grateful because I am definitely one of these people that has this thing, the obsession of the mind and the compulsion to eat when I get into certain things, and I haven't had to do that for a long time. So I am grateful to be recovered today, a day at a time. And thank you. Thank you, Marjo. Katie T. Good morning. Katie T. in Greenville, South Carolina, a uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I, the word recovered uh, also was a, a kind of a bit of a stumbling block, and I thought it was egotistical when I first heard it when I moved to South Carolina a little over two years ago and came back to OA. Um, but I, I, I want to refer us back to the first paragraph in the doctor's opinion because I think there I saw the definition of recovered that, um, that this book uses. And it says, we have witnessed our return to health. It is that simple. We've returned to mental health, spiritual health, and physical health. It, it just it just struck a chord with me. It's just a beautiful um, definition. Anyway, I, I also want to share um, that when I did first come to Greenville, there were three strong um, big book meetings. Um, everybody was talking a vision for you, so I got hooked in right away. And even though I had first come to OA in the 70s, um, in and out, in and out, this was the first time I think that something really hit me, and partly it was because of my first sponsor. Um, I got a sponsor right away uh, on, on the phone, and she started giving me assignments. And we worked together for two weeks, and then one day she said, um, you know, we, we can't work together um, any longer. And I said, well, why? And she wouldn't tell me why. And I said, well, if it has something to do with how I'm working the program or doing my assignments, I wish you'd share it with me because I, I need to know because I need, may need to make some changes. And she would not share, and she just kind of abruptly ended the call. Um, I was devastated. I, I, I started talking to people, crying. Um, and then I was in the special editions, and I was cruising through the titles, and I found one that said, Compliance versus surrender. And alarm bells went off in my head. Ding, 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 ding. Because when she assigned me the doctor's opinion, just for one example, um, I said, well, I've read it before, but if you, if you want me to read it, I'll read it. Uh, so it was, that was compliance, doing something because somebody told me to, not because I had any sense of excitement about what I might learn, not because I was, you know, um, just committed and surrendered to this program, whatever um, it might ask of me, because I'm so excited to be moving forward. And when I saw that and I listened to that special edition, it changed 
everything for me in terms of how I work this program. And so that first sponsor who, who brought me to didn't I cried, she didn't bring me to tears, that I cried over being, a, a, in quotes, abandoned by, taught me more, Hi. whether that was taught me more than any other sponsor probably I've had. Thank you. Thank I'm you, done. Katie T. Thank you so much. Um, guess what? We have time for one more three-minute share if someone would like to grab that. I'd love to have one more person come on. This is Priscilla. I'd like to yeah. share. Priscilla, the floor is yours. Go right ahead. Priscilla, are you still there? Sorry, I thought I was unmuted and I, I was still muted. Yes, Priscilla H. Recovered in beautiful New Jersey. And I love it that we're reading the doctor's opinion. And the part that uh, there are several things that jump out at me from these paragraphs we read today. But one is where it says uh, hospital specializing in alcoholic and drug addiction. And I, I want to go on record as saying that I am a drug addict. All of my drugs of choice are legal. I'll never be thrown in jail for <clears throat> my drug addiction. I never was thrown in jail for my drug addiction. My drug of choice, my number one drug of choice, is sugar. And there's some other um, ingredients of food that also are drugs of choice for me. So that's one reason that I love this. Another reason, though, is that I um, I love it that the word Addiction is in the very first paragraph of the doctor's opinion. I have a problem, a, a small problem, with the use of the word allergy. And the reason for that, and I know both of those words are used in the doctor's opinion for our condition uh, and the condition of an alcoholic. Um, I have an allergy. It's to um, crustaceans, shrimp, crabs, lobster, Probably if I were in New Orleans, crawdads, anything like that, any of those types of seafoods. Um, and they make me violently ill. So I don't have any desire to um, to ingest those substances. And I, I did have a relapse once after I discovered that allergy. I was at a beautiful little dinner party and... Um, the only dish that was being served was a shrimp dish, and I did not have the courage to tell the hostess or the host that I could not eat that, and so I ate it. And, oh, I was so violently ill later on. Thank God after I got home, not at the party. It didn't hit me then. And so I've never relapsed again nor had any desire to relapse again with that allergy, but but my addiction is another matter. Thanks be to God, however, that the addiction to um, sugar and certain other food um, ingredients has has been lifted through the practice of this program. But I know that that's just for today. Every now and then, I'll have a a, a brief a brief thought about sugary foods, and then when I do. 
I recoil as from a hot flame, and that's another um, that's another thing that has come to me through listening to the vision meetings. That the importance of Same. that. Thank you so much. So with that, I will um, say thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Priscilla H. Uh, you are our last person to share. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July 28, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,059. That's 15059. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. We'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.